0: New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, New Vision, it's Todd Briner again, and I'm excited to be back with you in our podcast. And today we're kind of going to be picking up in Exodus 34, 10 through 28. So just to give you guys a little bit of context about what's been happening, Moses, he had been receiving instruction from God on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments and all the other instructions God was giving him. And he's up there for a long time and the people get restless. They think that Moses might be dead. They they want a God like the gods of Egypt. And Aaron makes a golden calf for them. Moses comes down. He sees the calf. He takes the Ten Commandments. He smashes them, and he's just furious. And so we're picking up in Exodus chapter 34 where God has called Moses back up on the mountain to meet with him. And this time he's instructed Moses to make two tablets of stone to take up there. At the beginning of chapter 34, God allows Moses to see him. He puts him in the rock and God passes before Moses and Moses looks at his back and then he hears God give him some instructions. And here's where we pick up in Exodus 34, 10 through 28. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It says this. The Lord replied, listen, I'm making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth, or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. Then I will go ahead of you and drive out the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, the Jebusites. Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are void. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, and cut down their ashra poles. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. You must not make a treaty of any kind with these people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They will invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals, and you will go with them. Then you will accept their daughters who sacrifice to other gods as wives for your sons, and you, they will seduce your sons to commit adultery against me by worshiping other gods. You must not make any gods of molten metal for yourselves. You must celebrate the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. The bread you must eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring, in the month of Abib. For that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. The firstborn of every animal belongs to me, including the firstborn males from your herds of cattle and your flocks of sheep and goats. A firstborn donkey must be bought back from the, for the from the Lord by presenting a lamb or young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. No one may appear before me without an offering. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. You must celebrate the festival of harvest with the first crop of wheat harvest and celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season. Three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign, the Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive out the other nations ahead of you and expand your territory so no one will covet and conquer your land while you appear before the Lord your God three times each year. You must not offer the blood of my sacrificial offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast and none of the meat of the Passover sacrifice may be kept over until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Then the Lord said to Moses, write down all these instructions for they represent the terms of the covenant I am making with you and with Israel. Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. And all that time he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the 10 commandments on the stone tablets. Now there's so much and so many things we could talk about with this passage, with this part of scripture, and I encourage you to take some time and meditate on it and really think about all that's there. But I want to point out some things that we're seeing in Exodus 34, 12 through 18, because I know in my life, these are principles that when I've not put them into practice, it's led me down a path that I don't want to be. And I think you'll recognize that in your life as well. It starts in verse 12. It says, be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. And so as we know, the promised land, the land that Moses and later Joshua is leading God's people to, is a land that's already full of people. A land that's already full of the people that God has promised to give them victory over and to give them their land. And what he's saying is don't make a treaty. Don't make a treaty. It says instead of making a treaty, instead of making an agreement or making peace with them, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord whose very name is Jealous is a God who is Jealous about his relationship with you. In verse 15 says, you must not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They will invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals and will go, and you will go with them. And so here's what God specifically instructs. He instructs them to make no treaty with them, to have no close ties With the people who don't follow God. And so today I would put that into this perspective. That we should have no extremely close ties with those people who do not follow God. In fact it says for Moses and the people. He says get rid of all of the evil. All of their sinful things that are in their land. And if you know anything about what happens next, you know that God's people don't do this. They don't take this teaching, these commands seriously. And we see that over time, they're pulled farther and farther away from God. And I want you to see something. In verses 12 through 17, it's talking about what they're to do in the land. They're to go to the land. They're to make no treaty with the people. They're to get rid of all their sinful things, basically to cleanse the land and get rid of the the people that will tempt them and get rid of all of the things, the sinful practices that will tempt them so they can focus on God. Then it goes to verse 18. And you kind of think, why is this here? Because it says this in verse 18 You must celebrate the feast of unleavened bread. For seven days, the bread you must eat may be made without yeast. And as I command you, celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring in the month of Abib, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. And so, why are they talking about conquering the land and making sure you make no treaty with the people, destroying all their idols, destroying all the sinful practices? And then, here's what you do when you celebrate and how you eat unleavened bread. Well, see in the Bible, yeast. Which is used to make leaven bread. See, you add yeast to the dough, and that's what makes the bread rise. A small batch of yeast, a small amount of yeast, will permeate, will go through a whole batch of dough and cause it all to rise. One little bit of yeast will infect the whole batch of dough. And oftentimes in the Bible, leaven. Represents sin. And it's saying that that little bit of leaven or that little bit of yeast that's added to the dough spreads out to the whole dough. Just like a little bit of sin in our lives and a little bit of sin that we are exposed to can infect our whole lives. And in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they would take all precautions all the time to make sure that there was no leaven anywhere in their homes, anywhere around them. Just like he's saying, make sure there's no sin around you. Make sure there's no temptation. Clear that out. Clear the land so that you can focus on me. Because a small amount of sin in a life, a small amount of sin exposed to grows and infects our entire lives. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and the church is boasting about a man who is living in sin and he's in the church. He says this, you're boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. And so, What I think we can put into practice in our life in this is do what they did during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Not examining our home to see if there's any yeast or leaven in it. Not get rid of all the bread that we buy at the store and basically eat crackers for a week. But examine our lives and see what maybe even traces, small amounts of sin may be there that can grow to infect our whole lives and be rid of that, to be rid of that. If you keep reading on in the Old Testament, you'll see what takes place, because God's people don't get rid of the sinful people and the sinful practices in the land that God's giving them, and it's destruction. And it will be the same in our lives if we don't get rid of that little bit of sin that can affect the whole life. I want to leave you guys with a quote, one that you may have heard before, but still rings true. It says this, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Let me read it one more time. I want you to think about this as we end this podcast today. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. So why not clean out that sin in our lives? No matter how big or how small it is, let's keep it from spreading and infecting our whole life. God, we thank you for this time. And I want to pray that we would have accurate examinations of our heart right now. And you would illuminate anything in our lives that's not pleasing to you. Any relationship in our lives that may be leading down the path of sin. Any practices in our lives that may be leading down the path of sin. And let us remove the yeast or the leaven of sin from our presence. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.